Hey guys, it's Kiki and I'm here to review in just like that episode three called When in Rome. Start the episode with Carrie, Che, <clears throat> and the third guy. I think his name is Joe or so. Cha, I don't know and I don't care. They are talking about the weirdest places you've had sex. Y'all, okay. Still think it's a little weird that Carrie is thrown into this show, but it's okay. She is actually talking and being included. And, you know, she's chipping in and Che is impressed. So after the show, Che is checking in with Carrie like, you know, how are you? How have you been? And she's like, well, it's okay. It's been a few weeks since Big's death. I'm like, what's a few weeks? Two, three, four, five a month. But it's been a few weeks. And she says that, you know, it's not as bad because at least she knows they were really, really happy at the end. The happiest she and Big had ever been. And Shay's like, damn, that, that makes it even more sad. And I'm like, well, yeah, when you went through what she and Big went through. Yeah, that that little image we had of them in the first episode coming home, cooking dinner, him being home in the kitchen when she got. Yeah, the happiest they'd ever been. Carrie tells Shay that she will attend Shay's Netflix like comedy stand up. And I'm like, mm, very timely. OK, uh, Shay's like, girl, you don't have to come to that. And she's like, no, you came to my funeral. I'm going to come to your stand up show. So I'm like, my funeral, Carrie. <laughs> oh, Carrie, it's, it's just so depressing. Um, I'm not going to harp on Big being dead throughout the rest of these episodes, but it's just everything that has happened for Carrie within these two to three episodes, the sadness is. So Carrie meets up with Miranda and they're walking somewhere. Miranda's like, girl, I finally listened to your podcast. I actually like it. And Carrie's like, oh, thank you. Because I guess I didn't mention in the first episode, <laughs> um, Carrie was kind of giving Miranda a hard time because she didn't listen to her podcast. Listen, Carrie, I've been there. When me and Ash started the podcast, I have friends to this day who we started that podcast in 2018. It's about to be 2022. And they'll be like, oh, so how's the little podcast going? Girl, try not to take it personally. But um, Miranda's like, yeah, I really like Shay. And this is where the wheels are going to start turning. We're going to see Miranda's interest in Shay. And Carrie's like, well, I'm glad you like Shay because they are having a Netflix like comedy stand up taping. So you're going to be invited. You come and want me to see Shay. So Miranda's like, oh, great, great, great. I'm trying to decipher is Miranda into Shay because she wants to dip into the lesbonics or is she into Shay because her life is so boring and Shay is like this burst of energy, this burst of something like she's never experienced before. We gonna hold on to that question until we see how their storyline pans out for the rest of the season. So we find out that Carrie, Miranda, and Big Secretary are there for the reading of Big's will. So I'm just like, hello, oh here we go, here we go. But um, one of the attorneys is in an argument with his wife. <laughs> so he's ignoring her calls. And he gets up to take a call and Carrie's like, you know, I got somewhere to be. And the secretary's like, yeah, don't worry, we're going to try and get you out of here. So the place where Carrie and Miranda have to be is lunch with Charlotte. She's there waiting, I guess, texting them to see if they're on the way. And Stanford walks in. She's like, oh, Stanford, what you doing here, girl? Stanford's like, um, I'm here to eat lunch with y'all. Carrie invited me. And here we go with Charlotte. Charlotte's like, you know what? We I, I booked a table for three. And he was like, girl, I used to wait tables back in the day. Uh, a three top is always a four top. And, and Charlotte's like, listen, I don't mind you being here, but um, it's very hard for me to find a restaurant where Carrie hasn't been there with Big or that she hasn't been there with Samantha. I thought this was a very interesting line because, damn it, Samantha's not dead. Samantha's just living across the pond. So why y'all trying to treat Samantha like she dead and buried? Like, is it, are y'all being creative enough with the writing or are y'all just, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't want to say that jabs are taken. It's just the Samantha thing could have been handled a little better. Again, I'm going to try not to harp on that this season. Anyway, Stanford's like, listen, Charlotte, cut the bullshit. I know you don't like me. And I'm like, I mean, she should like you because you're married to her, literally her best friend, Anthony. But he just kind of wants to address the tension that's always been there between him and Charlotte. He's talking about he talks to his therapist about Charlotte. <laughs> but basically, they feel like they've been in this tug of war of who's Carrie's best friend. And I'm just like, neither of y'all are Carrie's best friend. Carrie's best friend is Samantha. 
So we're back at the will reading and the guy's still on the phone arguing with his wife. Big secretary is like, okay, we can just get through this last part without him. So she tries to read through it and she's like, um, you know, Miranda, could you help me out? Miranda's like, girl, what, what, what's the big deal? Y'all, Big's trifling ass leaves Natasha, his ex-wife, the one who he cheated on with Carrie, one million dollars. Seeing Natasha's name made me excited because I always liked Natasha. Um, I'll get into why I like Natasha later towards the end of the episode. But I was like, big, you, you, all that damn grief Carrie and Big, Carrie and Big put Natasha through. A million was chump change. She was at least owed at least 50. That's right. 50 million dollars. But Carrie is shook. And I'm just like, girl, why are you surprised? Big always had his goddamn secrets. Big always did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Why are we shocked? I'm just counting down the minutes until we see a glimpse of Natasha. So Carrie finally makes it to lunch with Stanford, Charlotte, and Miranda. They got this shitty ass table in the back. Every time the waiter goes through the kitchen, he hits Stanford's chair. <laughs> I would have been like, could you fuck? We need to move right now they would have never played that game with black people they already know we would set that bitch off i mean protest that restaurant would have to close the same motherfucking day but carrie's just like y'all why the fuck would big put natasha in his will and everybody's just like i don't know that's the million dollar question girl charlotte's trying to make things better she's like you know what it's not even that much money it's after taxes that's 450 child 400 mm-mm Mm-mm. See, the government gonna have to see me on site. I mean, if somebody leaves me a million dollars, I'm only gonna see 450k. Uh-uh, not right. But um, Carrie's trying not to freak out. She was like, everything was going so well. Classic Carrie, always trying to like move things along because you know the show must always go on. She was like, I was finally starting to probably eat again, wash my hair. What are the secrets were big hiding from me? We see Miranda at the table with this big-ass glass of wine. She's trying to ask them for a bottle. Miranda, I'm going to need you to slow the fuck down. Um, But yeah, Carrie's emotions are getting the worst of her. She's getting all paranoid, thinking that Big and Natasha probably still had an affair going on. Probably were still in contact. You know, that situation where Carrie was the side piece, that never sat right with me. I thought it was dumb. I never thought it was romantic. When she cheated on Aiden to be with Big's married ass, like, I was so annoyed because finding out that Big had moved back to New York and not told Carrie, that was one thing. Then finding out that he was marrying some picture-perfect woman, that was another thing. But then y'all get married and then you don't love your wife, now you want to cheat on her so you could marry her but you couldn't commit to me. Carrie was dumb enough to even sleep with Big. Like, it was just a whole thing and um who was it Miranda that was like mad Miranda and Charlotte kind of shunned Carrie but Samantha was like girl I'm not even gonna judge you I'm not even fixing to judge you been there done that but oh lord it, it was terrible especially when Aiden found out and had to break up with her at Charlotte's first wedding Ooh, Carrie was a mess back then her ass is a mess now Big's ass is a mess from the grave so Carrie comes back home. She's trying to like start a uh, jump starting an, inv- an investigation into what's going on with Big. She tries to log into his computer and guess his passwords. No luck. So Charlotte's at home with Lily Rose and M, you know, reading a book to Rose and she's on their bed. Why are Lily Rose sharing a room? How many? I know that penthouse got like four or five bedrooms. What the hell is going on? But um, (laughs) Lily, the pianist prodigy, she's in her bed with her headphones on with that ugly ass dog, Richard Burton. Um, And Charlotte's reading to Rose. Rose is damn near a damn 26 year old adult. Why are you reading her bedtime stories? Anyway, Charlotte is being squeezed off the bed and she's like, oh, baby girl, could you move over? I ain't got no room over here. And Rose is like, you know, I don't really like that you call me that. And Charlotte's like, oh, I'm all, you always going to be my baby. I'm going to call you baby girl. And Rose is like, no, sis, I don't like that you call me girl. Um, I have not felt like a girl ever. I don't really feel like a girl right now. 
please do not call me or refer to me as a girl. Thank you very much. And Charlotte's ass falls off the bed. Um, I'm wondering if Lily knew this about Rose and that's why she had them headphones on or maybe she encouraged her to tell Charlotte. Very interesting dynamic. I hope we get to see more of Lily because Lily was really, you know, the first baby on the show. I don't count Brady because his ass is trifling. But um, we kind of knew from this first episode that Rose was going to be a little different. I had her pegged as a lesbian. <laughs> but um, I guess Rose is non-binary, non-gender conforming. Kudos to her and kudos for them for wanting to tell this story. Um, interesting to see where it'll go with Charlotte, who likes everything picture perfect, child. Eve and Miranda are at home having like a little boring, I think, ice cream night. Just kind of nestled into the domesticated version that Miranda is, which is a totally polar opposite of everything she wanted to become after she got pregnant with Brady. Um, Brady and that little girl are in the kitchen and she's like, oh, yeah, I don't have whole milk. And Miranda's like, girl, you don't even fucking live here. Like, I still can't get with this story. Why is the girl there all the damn time? Steve is just like, do you think we made a mistake letting her sleep over? Steve too little too motherfucking late um carrie's at home still unable to sleep so she starts getting up um and going through you know big suit jackets she needs some sort of proof that he wasn't fucking around with natasha i get it because they didn't mention natasha in the first or second movies they damn sure didn't mention her in the later seasons it is what it is but carrie baby you gonna go crazy trying to rack your brain going through his jackets for girl you need to donate them suits donate them to a men's shelter but anyway she finds a number written on a napkin in one of his jacket pockets and she goes to dial it thinking that it could be natasha's number and i'm just like child that number probably belonged to some instagram model (laughs) anyway carrie dials the number and it rings and it is the number to their home phone did Big not know their home phone number? And who the hell has land? Do New Yorkers, y'all all have landlines now? Or is it a TV thing? Because tell me, I need to know who the hell still has a landline phone. Carrie also starts to go through Big's wallet <laughs> with his ID. She finds a picture of a dog, Gogi, Goji, that he had, I guess, when he was a teenager. Carrie never knew this. She's just like, bro, what the fuck? So we see a scene with um, Anthony and Charlotte. He is in like a temporary kitchen setup. I know there's an official name for that, like these temporary restaurant kitchens. But um, Anthony runs like a bakery now. Did he always do that in the original series? I can't recall. But Rose is there and she's having fun playing with the dough. And Anthony's like, girl, um, when's the last time you put some damn deodorant on? And Charlotte's like, Anthony, he's like, no, you know, Lily Rose knows I love her. But girl, you you are a woman. I'm going to need you to start washing your ass, washing your underarms, (laughs) hitting them damn pits. And Charlotte's like, you know what, Anthony, let me talk to you outside. So she goes outside and she tells Anthony what Lily Rose said about not feeling like a girl. And Anthony's like, girl, I thought I was Tinkerbell. You know, should my mom have cut out all the sweaters? on my um cut out the sleeves of my sweater so I could grow wings like girl this is probably just a phase you know the new kids girl they into everything don't even worry about it and I'm just like Anthony might have a point you know the the generation underneath generation z I don't know what they're called yet but by the time they come out and by the time they meet adolescents honey I don't even think genders will exist back at home with Steve and Miranda so I guess their nightly ritual is to watch shit on Netflix and have like an upscale ice cream bar with all the time that's actually kind of cute to me I know it's corny but it's cute um Carrie calls Miranda and she's like girl did you know Big had a dog named Goji and Miranda's like girl what the fuck no No, I did not and she's like yeah girl I went through his wallet Big had a pink berry cart. I never seen that man eat one piece of yogurt in his life. So um, Miranda's like, Carrie, I'm just so sorry you going through this. And she's like, girl, it's okay. I'm not sleeping. But the real tea is I need to get in touch with Natasha because I need to know why the fuck Big left her a Millie. So she's like, you know what? 
I don't I, I kind of been stalking her. I don't really know her life like that, but I need answers now. And Miranda's like, Carrie, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, you barely eat, you barely go to sleep anymore. Why don't you sleep on this and just give it a day? And she's like, No, you know what? I'ma go. And I've been Googling her all day. I'ma go to Natasha's Instagram and just like try to talk to her. So Carrie, while on the phone, DMs Natasha's Instagram. Natasha sees it and blocks Carrie. I would do the same thing, Carrie. It's been damn near 20 years since I caught you in my kitchen <laughs> running out like the side hole out the side damn door and me having to chase your ass down the steps and chipping my goddamn tooth. What the hell do you want from me? Like you won, sis. You got his ass. You don't need to contact me. But Carrie cannot let it go. Um, if that was fucking Samantha, Samantha would have been like, okay, girl, I'm down to do whatever crazy shit you want to do. And the next couple of scenes, I'm like, this is where I miss Samantha. Ah, bring her back. So it's the next day, Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda are together outside of Natasha's office. Carrie's like, listen, I need to talk to her because I need some goddamn answers. And Charlotte's like, girl, why is you doing this? You know, big love to you. <laughs> Carrie's like, no, I need to know. I need to know if he kept in touch with her because he regretted choosing me over her. And I'm like, Carrie, you a damn near season, season, senior citizen, bitch. Is Carrie. Carrie's like, either way, I need to stop all this spiraling I'm doing. I'm like, well, damn, you don't seem committed to stopping the spiraling. Because she's like, well, I also need to see if her and Big were having an affair to get back at me. Child, Carrie sounds crazy. The plan is to go into Natasha's office, which they spot her getting out of a car and going into her office. Let me tell y'all something. Natasha looked good. Um... What's her name? Bridget Moynihan. Y'all know Tom Brady, baby mama. Mm-hmm. The first one. The one that was pregnant when he first got with Giselle. Dumped her like a hot potato. She looks good. She looks really good. Um, Like somebody told me on Twitter, because I was like joking. I was like, oh, Tom Brady, child support checks be hitting. And somebody was like, well, she was on Blue Bloods for like 500 years. And I'm like, damn, how could I forget? Because my mama watches Blue Bloods faithfully. But anyway, sis looks good. Miranda and Charlotte are going to go wait in a cafe across the street so that Carrie can go and have her discussion. So Carrie goes to her office um, and introduces herself and was like, yeah, I need to talk to Natasha. And the receptionist is like, "Okay, why don't you go have a seat? We'll try to get you in touch with her. Um, Carrie sits there for a minute. We cut to a scene of Charlotte and Miranda at the cafe Charlotte needs a phone charger. So Miranda go, gets up to go buy a muffin. And she's like, girl, it's a phone charger in my bag. Just go through it and look. So Charlotte goes and looks through Miranda's um, book bag. And she finds all of these mini bottles of Tito's. I'm like, God damn, Miranda, what, what's really the tea, sis? Like, what's, what, why you need all these um, mini bottles, girl? What, is your life that damn horrible? But by the time Miranda comes back, I think they're actually at a Starbucks. By the time Miranda comes back, Charlotte hides the bottles back in there. She's like, oh, yeah, girl, I found the charger. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, Lord, this is way too casual of a way to introduce Miranda having a drinking problem. Um, I don't remember this being a factor in the original series. I, it's just not going well for me. So when Miranda gets back, Charlotte's like, you know, how has life been? I know you you might be stressed about going back to school. And she's like, no, school's fine. Um, but I forgot to mention, you guys, because this is a recap. I can't mention everything. When they were at the restaurant after the will reading and Charlotte was trying to reassure Kara, she was like, you and Big are the happiest couple I know are new. Miranda references it now and she's like you know that actually made me kind of sad because it's like my life with Steve I love him but it's routine and it's boring and I'm looking for something she doesn't say I'm looking for something new but she's just like it's just different from the woman that I have become you know being a mom and now a wife and it's just a huge lack of variety in my life and I've seen a lot of Twitter commentary especially today of how they are ruining the character of Miranda. I won't say that they're ruining her, but they're like, Miranda grew to love Steve and grew to accept that this was going to be her life. Y'all are trying to backpedal and pussy pop. 
that's what people are saying on Twitter. And I'm like, it is possible that things have changed and that the allure has gone off. I mean, Brady was a baby. Uh, she and Steve broke up. They got back together. She found out she was pregnant. You know, she didn't know she wanted to keep the baby. Then Steve had cancer. So, yeah, it was a lot of things going on. But I don't think it's out of character that Miranda would be bored with her relationship or her marriage to Steve. And the huge anchoring point that I saw on Twitter is like, she was so devastated when he cheated. Bitch me too, but people change. (laughs) I just don't want people to say that, oh, Miranda's acting out of character. I just think that some of the writing choices for Miranda in the plot points that she's being put in don't really make sense for her character. I don't think the character's gone to trash. Anyway, Carrie's been waiting at Natasha's office and Natasha's personal assistant comes out and she's like, oh girl, she's in Rome, sorry. Carrie gets all worked up, she gets all upset and she meets the girls at the Starbucks and they're like, girl, what's happening? She's like, the bitch is a coward, okay? We know we saw her ass walk in there, her assistant gonna tell me she's in Rome. I'm fucking angry. Like, I'm tired of her avoiding me. <laughs> now Carrie wants to get mad. Like, it's taking this much. Not not the million dollars that's been making her insecure and freak out. It's the, oh, girl, she's in Rome. So they walk out and they're like, Carrie's like, I know that bitch up there in that office. And she points. And Natasha is literally in the window. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Carrie's like, oh shit, oh shit. And they lock eyes and she goes running off across the street with Miranda and Charlotte trailing behind her. She's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And they're like, Carrie, why are you embarrassed? Like, Natasha, we saw her with our own four eyeballs. We don't know what's going on, but that shit was funny and it was hilarious. Carrie's still troubled and she's just like, you know what? I I can't really deal with this like right now. Like it's too much going on. I need to go home. And they're like, all right, let's go. So Carrie's just going to take this L for today. It's the next day. Carrie calls Charlotte. um, Just talking about, did you know everybody in New York has dogs? (laughs) Charlotte's like, yeah, girl, everybody in New York has dogs. I didn't know that. So Carrie's just like, yeah, I've just been walking since yesterday. Um, And Harry comes in and decides that he has to go to the bathroom while Miranda, sorry, while Charlotte is on the phone. And I'm a believer of separate bathrooms, separate closets when married. Damn near, we may just have one marital bed and we go and sleep in our own bed because I don't like people all up on me. But Harry's like, sorry, girl, I got to go. And Carrie's like, I've just been trying to walk because all I can see is Natasha up in her throne looking down at me. Boom. Carrie has always had this complex about Natasha, about how she's big chose her because she was the opposite of Carrie and she was polished and she was perfect and she spoke all the languages and she worked at Ralph Lauren. Y'all, do y'all remember the scene where Carrie is reading Big's wedding announcement and um, she's having lunch with the girls and she tries to go home and read it and Charlotte comes to her doorstep. She's like, bitch, we might as well read it together. And uh, go back and watch that scene, you guys. It's like... Charlotte is reading it while Carrie is listening and um she's just like uh he gets to have this nice classy girl and I'm just the writer who has like my article or my column next to penis ads and Carrie breaks down because there's always going to be this person in your life that is better than you that is not even better but that you think is better than better than you and a little bit more perfect and polished than you are so I love that we're still playing on this trope of Carrie feeling less than towards Natasha and not just because she cheated on, she helped Big cheat on Natasha. It's because Big chose Natasha over Carrie at one point, even though they got married and had this happy life as Carrie would tell it. It's still this insecurity that she's dealing with at her big ass age. And I like that part of the storyline. I like that because it's realistic. We're always going to have the people that we compare ourselves to, even though it's crazy, even though it does not make sense on paper. 
there are just people and things that we will always have a complex and feel inferior towards. This next scene is so amazing. It's Carrie. She is meeting up with Miranda before Miranda has to go to class. And Miranda's like, girl, you walked all the way here. And she's like, yeah, I, I guess I've been walking so I don't have to think about how horrible my life is. And Miranda's like, well, I guess just not sitting there is helping you get away from you know, just being in the apartment. But the truth is, what are you really running away from? And Carrie's like, to be honest, I'm mad at Big. And I'm like, yes, finally, just say it. She's like, I thought I had grown up and I'd stopped feeling so insecure and so needy. And it's making me upset that I am feeling this way about him now. Like, not only am I mad that he died, but I'm mad that he put me in this position to feel inferior to Natasha once again bam there it is it's like the final piece of the puzzle that makes sense and I'm glad that they're talking about it but it's like we needed to hear Carrie say this out loud but Carrie says that more importantly she's mad at Big for dying because she ruined their happy ending and once again I will reiterate girl you and Big were not supposed to have the happy ending (laughs) he was just a bump in the road sis So she thanks Miranda for letting her vent. And um, I just, I hate to say it, but she would be having this conversation with Samantha. And we all know it. Anyway, she's still walking. Miranda, sorry. Carrie, sorry. (laughs) Because they're not four of them. The names are so interchangeable. Charlotte calls her and she's like, girl, I just came by your place. Where are you? And she's like, girl, I'm still walking. You know, my life is such a mess. I'm a mess. And Charlotte's like, Carrie, you're not a mess. And Carrie's like, Charlotte, you have to let me wallow in self-pity. You got to let me say that I'm a mess. I'm entitled to be a mess. And in that moment, Charlotte just shuts the fuck up. And she's like, you're right, Carrie. You're a mess. You're right. And I'm definitely the Charlotte in that friendship. (laughs) In my real friendships, when people are like, oh, my life is so bad. Woe is me. And I immediately want to put a band-aid on it like but I've gotten better I've I've realized that because this is the way I operate I'm entitled to have my moment but I it's the black woman in me I have to pick up and I got on I gotta keep on moving and seeing these grown-ass senior citizens <laughs> saying hey girl let me have my moment I know you want to make everything better I know you don't want me to become depressed but can we at least acknowledge that yes my life is a mess I really like that moment. So Carrie goes into this coffee shop or this bakery because she has to pee, goes into the bathroom. And who is in there crouched over the toilet? But Natasha. (laughs) Carrie tries to slam the door closed real fast and ends up burning, scalding her hand with her hot coffee. So Natasha comes out. She's about to just walk past Carrie because she's pissed off. And she's just like, girl, could you stop following me? What? What? Of all the coffee shops, you don't, your ass don't even live on this side of town. And Carrie's like, girl, I promise you, I did not know you lived over here, girl. You, I've just been walking because I can't sleep at night. And she's like, okay. And Carrie's like, okay, but before you leave, why the fuck did Big leave you a million dollars? Natasha's like, girl, I don't know why Big left you that money. Like, honestly, I have not spoken to him since our divorce. That was damn near 20 years ago. And Carrie's like, oh, so none of us knows. And Natasha's like, girl, that that was big. He did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. (laughs) She doesn't say it in those exact words. But she's like, girl, big did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. Girl, just give the money to charity. I don't want no ties to it. Like, and Natasha is shocked to find out that Carrie didn't know about the money either. So, um... Carrie's like, if it's worth, you know, any trouble, like, I really think that was Big's way of saying that he was sorry that everything went down the way it did with us. So before Natasha leaves, she's just like, you know, that it was classic Big. I don't even know why he married me when it was clearly present to everyone that he was still in love with you. And Carrie kind of has a realization. And I hope that it's her letting go of all those insecurities, all those old feelings. We're at Shay's comedy show. It's Charlotte, Miranda, and Carrie, the threesome. Shay is discussing when they came out to their family and how they were so worried. Shay being so worried about what the family would think. The family was like, girl, we don't care. We still love you. So anyway, (laughs) but Shay takes the time in that 
stand up special to reiterate, you know, just to be true to yourself and that things that are different can be beautiful and all this other type of stuff. So Charlotte is relating to what Shay is saying, you know, because of Lily Rose saying that Lily Rose does not feel like a girl. Carrie is relating to what Shay is seeing because, you know, life goes on. You got to reinvent yourself. And Miranda... Miranda is connecting to everything that is coming out of Shay's mouth. There's no specific message. It's just like, wake up and start realizing that you need to do what the fuck you want to do. So it's after Shay's show. Shay has an after party. Miranda wants to go, but Carrie and Charlotte are like, girl, we got to push it on home. Uh, Charlotte does call Lily Rose and tell her she loves her. And I guess that's Charlotte's way of learning that she needs to start accepting that Lily Rose does not want to be a girl anymore. So Miranda's like, I'm going to stay. Y'all go ahead. So Charlotte and Carrie go ahead and book it home. Miranda goes to the after party and she's just telling Shay how much she enjoyed the stand up and the message. And she's just going on and on. She's white womaning once again. And Shay's like, could you relax? Um, I'm going to blow. I'm going to do a shotgun into your mouth is that okay and Miranda's like yeah you know because I don't really smoke weed like that so yeah that's that's how I'll accept it and Shay does a shotgun into Miranda's mouth side note I know I said on episode three that weed was not legal in New York my mistake I think y'all can have up to um the recreational use okay what three grams I don't know I'm an edible I'm an edible girl myself I don't really but anyway Yes, correction. Weed is legal in New York. Mm, for recreation use. <laughs> but Shay shotguns into Miranda's mouth. And it, I didn't know if Miranda, I don't know if her undercarriage was thumping because of the weed or it was because she really wanted Shay to kiss her. All right. Lesbonics. It's going to happen. They're going to bump pocketbooks or whatever they got down there. Carrie and Miranda, God, these names, Carrie and Charlotte, (laughs) y'all, they are riding home and Charlotte is dropping Carrie off and she's just like, yo, um, I think we need to have a little intervention with Miranda because the other day when I was looking for a phone charger in her book bag, she had all these goddamn mini bottles and Carrie's like, Charlotte, you're doing too much. You're overthinking. Like, I'm going through a lot. I'm sure it's been stressful for y'all. And I'm sure Miranda must be stressed about something. Like, let it go. The girl don't need to go to the Betty Ford Clinic just yet. Carrie does not want to hear anything Charlotte's saying. And I think that's on character uh, for nobody to really be listening to Charlotte. Because 2% of the time, Charlotte says nothing of importance. Okay. But Carrie's just like, listen, I'm not trying to deal with these problems. So let's just hold off on doing that. I'm sure you've got a mistake. So Carrie gets out the car to go to her apartment. She can't walk in inside um, because it's empty in there. She knows the light's not on. She knows Big is not going to be up there when she gets upstairs. So she decides to go for a walk. You know, the doorman's like, you coming in, Miss Preston? She's like, no, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go. And she walks all the way back to the infamous brownstone, up those infamous brown steps. And I'm, she's just like, yeah. In the voiceover, I'm finally back home. <sighs> so depressing. So sad. Um, I like that the lights are on inside, like the entryway to the brownstone, because that's really Carrie's true home. I liked the home she had with Big, but nah, Carrie's home is that brownstone always and forever. Again, still sad because she's a widow now. There's no need in going back into that big, scary house, but I understand. That's the end of the episode, you guys. Let's move on to episode three. Hey guys, it's Kiki and I'm here to review in just like that episode four called Some of My Best Friends. The episode starts with Carrie in bed at her old place, waking up alone, that infamous shot uh, from the hallway of her in bed. <sighs> I it, it warmed my heart, even though it's sad to see her back in her old space. She's back at her brownstone where she should be, where she should have always stayed. Uh, it doesn't really hit until she goes into that tiny ass kitchen with that tiny ass stove. Mm. 
Y'all know the oven where she used to keep her sweaters and shoes, but she's looking for a coffee maker and she has this ancient ass one, like an old school off white. It looks like a GE coffee maker. And I'm just like, damn, cough, coffee. Carrie didn't upgrade before then. We see um, Charlotte getting coffee. We split to a scene of LTW, Lisa Todd Wexley. Is that her name? She's getting coffee with her kids. Her adorable little daughter orders a croissant in French. And she's like, girl, do I need to learn French? That's right, little black girl. You better know French. Voulez-vous? Anyway, um, (laughs) we see Miranda's professor, Naya, and her husband. She's getting dressed. He brings her a cup of coffee while she's standing looking at herself in the mirror and I'm like great we get some more I want to know more about her and her husband I think there's an interesting storyline there and side note you guys okay I'm gonna let y'all in on a little secret because I think y'all know I love coffee I got four Starbucks cards sitting in my app right now that I got for my birthday and for Christmas um my ideal soulmate my ideal partner has to bring me a cup of coffee when I wake up every morning that is my wish that's all I want in life bring it don't have to be Starbucks it could bring it could be freshly brewed I just want the option that's what I want in life that's just like a simple life to me so coffee being the love language that theme within the first couple of minutes I'm enjoying it we get to Lisa Todd and Charlotte meeting up outside the school. They both grabbed each other a cup of coffee. I think that's cute. They're having a little mommy's meeting outside the school. And I see one of the most beautiful black actresses, Wakima Hollis, a.k.a. Monica from the Dynasty reboot. I've been wondering where the hell she been at, but she is playing this character who is like a newer um, kind of like soccer mom who is going to be gaining an opposition to Charlotte. I feel like Charlotte's kind of aged out of this whole mom thing, not mom thing, but you know, school mom, obsessive mom thing, because her kids are a little bit older and these kids are like, I don't know, seven or eight. Lisa Todd's kids have to be at least eight. Charlotte got damn near teenagers. Why are you trying to get into this circle? But child we gonna let it go she wants to plan a field trip but Wakima Hollis's character is like no I I think we should do something else so Charlotte feels a little threatened by her because she is young she is pretty she is a diverse mom she's a mom of color but Lisa Todd Wexley aka Black Charlotte has Charlotte's back and they are trying to like get up this alliance after LTW shuts down Wakima Hollis's character's name is Deidre shoots down Deidre's idea and co-signs Charlotte she invites Charlotte to her husband's uh birthday party it's like a small dinner Charlotte's excited and she's like yeah I want you to meet my friends and LTW is like girl can we do it on Thursday my calendar's wide open so Charlotte starts planning and this is where I kind of don't feel Charlotte girl here we go. It's in it's momager mode. Like, I need to get this. I need to get that. Everybody needs to come. Shot need to come. Carrie need to come. And I'm like, girl, did you learn nothing? Because you the reason. See, I'm not even going to go there. But Charlotte starts planning shit. And I'm just like, Charlotte, girl, let it go. So um, we get a scene with Miranda. I guess it's the night after the Shay after party. And Brady and his freeloading ass girlfriend come in. And they're like, girl, you smell like weed. What's, what's tea? Miranda's like, y'all know what y'all talking about. I was around people that smoked weed. I didn't smoke weed. And they're just like, girl, we, we know what weed smells like. And I'm just like, um, little girl, when is your ass going home? You, Miranda, you have one more episode to have this girl in your house fucking and sucking and eating up all your food and always in your kitchen. I can't fucking take it no more. Carrie's uh, picking out outfits and she notices that her Mr. Coffee machine, this bitch had a Mr. Coffee machine. (laughs) Her Mr. Coffee machine has malfunctioned because why the fuck would it still work? It's probably from like 1997 or if I'm looking at the machine, maybe 95, 96. So she decides to put on this crazy ass outfit and go to her old bodega the bodega owner is so happy to see her he's like girl where have you been you have not been here since you got married and you know moved out the neighborhood and he's used to carrie's like crazy outfits this lady walks in and she's just looking at carrie like girl mm. but he's like you know how have you been how's your husband and carrie he, first of all he calls carrie caroline and i'm like oh 
Stop it. He's just like, you know, how have you been? And Carrie's like, well, I did get married, but my husband passed away very recently. He died. And the bodega owner is so hurt. He's like, you know what? Take the coffee on the house. And he's like, you know, take take this muffin. He gives her a treat as well. And he's just like, you know what, Caroline? Take care of yourself, girl. So Carrie goes back to her um, brownstone and she's realizing that no 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 she doesn't go back to the brownstone she goes back to her actual home that she shared with big and she's just walking around and realizing that it doesn't feel the same like she walks in the kitchen and he's not there he's not sitting at his usual spot in the corner by the window and I'm just like oh Carrie 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 so Carrie kind of decides that it's time to like you know get a move on and that she can't really be here anymore she does take one last look towards the closet and sees that damn Peloton. And I'm just like, oof, girl, yeah. Get out of there. Let them ghosts go. So Carrie tells the girls over dinner that she wants to sell the apartment. They're just like, girl, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I just can't stay there. I can't be there anymore. And they're like, all right. Um, Charlotte invites them to her dinner party. And they're all like, yeah, I'm a, we, we'll try to make it. And I'm just like, girl... Just stop fucking inviting people to places. Miranda's like, she'll try to see if she can make it because she's going to have dinner with her law professor, Miss Naya. Uh, Carrie gets a realtor. The realtor comes to her place, the apartment with Big. Her name is Seema, and I'm like, it's Samantha. (laughs) Yeah, I promise y'all, I'm not trying to make everything a Samantha tribute, but it was giving Big Samantha energy. Um, and she's just like a big ball of masculine, big dick energy. And she's like, this is what we need to change in the house. This needs to go. This needs to stay. But don't worry. I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you sell this apartment. Everything in here needs to go, but I got your back. So Carrie is just very enamored, enamored by this real estate agent because she's a breath of fresh air. and She does not look at Carrie like she's pathetic little widow. It's fresh new energy and Carrie's trying to soak it up. So Seema sees the closet. She's like, oh, everybody's going to love this closet. This apartment's going to look great. You got a closet leading to the shower. You know what's missing, girl? A Peloton. (laughs) Carrie looked at her like, excuse me? She's like, what? Carrie's like, girl, I'll I'll just tell you later. I got to be in Midtown. And Seema's like, oh, just come with me. I got a driver. I've seen enough. Don't worry. We're going to put your place on the market. So they get into the back of the car, the town car, the Uber. And Carrie notices a scent. And she's like, girl, do you smoke? And Seema's like, yeah. Why? She's like, I haven't had a cigarette in years, but I I could really use one. So Seema and Carrie are going to have this instant friendship. She gives Carrie a cigarette. And Carrie lights it and takes a puff. And I had forgotten until this moment that Carrie was a chronic chain smoker (laughs) terrible is like once the movie started they forgot that about Carrie so seeing Carrie light up that cigarette and smoke and stick her head out the window I was like oh Carrie chain smoking like I didn't realize how much I needed to see that Carrie's at a podcast meeting with Shay the other guy I think his name is Jerry uh the the cute ass producer mr mr anderson cooper and i guess their boss is this girl named chloe and she is dragging them she's just like y'all gotta y'all gotta step y'all pussy up shay's the only one who is bringing anything to the show like her life sorry like their life depended on it and shay's like yeah because my life does depend on it (laughs) the girl chloe who um thank you disabled actresses or disabled characters she is in a wheelchair and it's it's so weird to me how we don't have more like in normal shows that's normal to have someone with a disability right that's normal to see someone in a wheelchair why haven't we seen that in all the new like I know we always praise how current and diverse tv shows are but we don't really get to see people in wheelchairs in the shows that we watch but anyway let me not wax poetic upon that because then the it's too woke but um chloe is telling carrie girl you need you haven't posted on social media in three weeks like we need buzz for this show your social media is a corpse and they're like damn girl and she's like oh shit i'm sorry i didn't mean to say like a corpse and (laughs) carrie's like it's okay i understand 
this is spot on. Carrie would totally not be into technology or that savvy. But um, the girl just tells her, like, y'all all need to step it up. Uh, we find out that Chloe, the boss, and I guess that guy, Jerry, hooked up. I don't really care about their little side thing. It's just used for comedy. Um, they had a little relationship, but now she dumped his ass. It is what it is. Shay finds it hilarious. Carrie finds it hilarious. Okay. Cute producer. I I need to know his name. He's too fine to just be walking around the podcast studio all single. Charlotte and Harry are about to go to bed. And he's like, girl, why did you cancel my colonoscopy? Remember that, you guys. Because if Trey pops up or if something happens to Harry, it's going to be Charlotte's fault. (laughs) Anyway, Charlotte's like, oh, I canceled it because we're having a party with LTW. You know, I've got Carrie coming so she can talk fashion. I got Miranda so she can talk law and Charlotte just pauses and he's like what and she was like oh my god the LTWs they're gonna be the only black ones there like we gotta find another black couple so that they don't feel awkward (sighs) I, I, I guess we're going there I guess we're going there so Charlotte tries to find people of color to invite to this dinner she ends up talking to one of her neighbors who she normally doesn't talk to and the neighbor's like girl yeah, I got your text message last night at 10 o'clock, but I'm not going to be able to make it. But Charlotte's was like, well, don't say no yet. You know, let me know up until the point that you know for sure you won't be able to make it. And the neighbor's like, girl, did you not hear me the first two times? Like, you and I are not friends. We don't talk like that. Like, I'm not going to be able to make it. Periana. Charlotte <laughs> gets so damn desperate that she calls Anthony. And she's like, you remember that guy you used to date way back in the day? And he's like, oh, the black one? And she's like, well, damn, Anthony, I wasn't trying to say it like that. You know, what happened to him? And Anthony's like, girl, he is long gone. I can't talk to him no more. Charlotte goes to school where she meets Deidre again. And um, she's trying to be nice to Deidre. And she's like, Deidre, would you like to join me for dinner um, that my husband and I are throwing? And if I was Wakima, a.k.a. Deidre, I'd be like, girl, now you don't like me. We be beefing passive aggressively. Why the hell are you inviting me to your house? Of course I'll come. Me and my husband, Jeff. <laughs> Charlotte calls her husband, Jeff, and she's like, that's not his name. And she's like, oh, it's pronounced Joffe. Girl, if you don't get the fuck out of here. LTW comes out and she's like, Charlotte, I'm so sorry, but I can't come to your dinner because my mother-in-law will be in town. So Charlotte's like, well, damn, I don't want to be stuck with Deidre and her damn boring ass husband. So she comes up with an excuse to Deidre, like, girl, the dinner is canceled. I'm sorry. Um, And Deidre's like, see, I told you, you be putting too many balls up in the air. You can't really handle a lot of things. And Charlotte decides to take the L on this. And she's just like, yeah, girl, you're right. I, I, I be over planning too much. So Charlotte and Deidre, I'm interested to see because, you know, LTW and Charlotte are like peanut butter and jelly, ebony and ivory. But here comes the younger mom who is a little bit more involved and more diverse. She and Charlotte are going to bump heads later. Next, we get a scene with Miranda and her professor, Naya. They're at a restaurant. Naya accidentally made reservations at this the different location at the restaurant they're at. And she doesn't realize it at the time, but the host is like, girl, we we can't find your reservation, girl. You're just going to have to wait. What do you mean I have to wait? Child, you made reservations for the restaurant location in San Francisco. So she and Miranda laugh about it, but they do end up getting a table and she apologizes. Miranda's like, girl, it's okay. So Naya apologizes because she thinks she's just been off her game because she's now undergoing her second treatment or her second try at IVF. She's like, girl, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but yeah, um, the first one didn't take. So now I'm going through it twice. And Miranda's like, oh, um, I understand because my friend, I believe it was Charlotte. Oh, man. Do y'all remember when Charlotte was trying to conceive with Trey and he used to make her feel so guilty and he was the one that was shooting blanks? That is when I, I... let me be honest I love Charlotte she annoys me like only a friend could but I really did not love the character of Charlotte until she got into that loveless childless ass marriage with Trey like we just saw Charlotte just really break down and go through it and then with um Harry she still couldn't conceive well she thought that she couldn't conceive so they adopted Lily and then she naturally got pregnant with Rose like it was a whole thing I still have problems with that because I felt like anyway 
not even gonna get into it um (laughs) i'll just always remember when charlotte had that miscarriage and it was brady's like first birthday and she could not bring herself to get out of bed but anyway back to miranda and professor naya professor naya is just like i'm sure you're gonna tell me that you know it's worth it going through all this trouble to have this baby but when we did the first round of IVF and it didn't work, I felt this wave of relief. And Miranda's like, no, she completely understands. Like, she loves her son, but some days it drives her crazy. And she is asking her, you know, you should not feel like you have to be forced to have a baby. And Naya's like, girl, well, you know, society's telling me I should feel guilty that I don't want kids. You know, my husband, my family. And Miranda's like, listen, I understand it, but I know somebody from college who didn't want to have kids and went on to be like a a very important judge and Naya's like yeah and now she comes home to a lonely house at night right and Miranda's like well yeah but she got to really live her life and there's just this great dialogue about motherhood I can relate to it as I just turned 33 years old and you know biological clock is ticking um I'm in this space right now of not presently wanting to have children but you know I do feel a little guilty you know my my parents want grandkids you know they might have to get a puppy and call it a day but you know I'll see a baby at Costco or I'll see a baby in line at Target I'm like oh I kind of want that but then I go back and forth because the dating world is just fucking terrible like the bar the bar is literally below hell at this point So Miranda and Carrie kind of theorize that, you know, although Miranda's friend comes home to an empty house, Miranda would love to come home to an empty house. You know, she would love to be a judge. She wishes she could have done more with her law career. But, you know, when she looks at that ain't shit trifling ass Brady, you know, it's it's all worth it. I guess it's a great scene and Carrie's like so you can't have it all and Miranda's like no you can't have it all it's just gonna be hard as hell to achieve it like nothing comes easy so Naya kind of thinks about that and I think that Naya does not want to have children but she does not know how to tell her husband that again very interested to see where this angle with Naya and the IVF is going to go I'm blowing past it in the recap, but guys, go watch the scene. It's it's a scene that a lot of women have had to have that talk and that discussion of we want to do this, we want to do that, but we don't want to settle. <sighs> Therein lies the rub. Now we see Carrie, um, she's looking at other places, I guess, or looking at furniture to put in the new apartment that she wants to sell. I don't really know why her and Seema are out, but this guy tries to hit on her. And I'm just like, here, this guy who has no shot in hell with Carrie tries to hit on her. And Seema's like, girl, let's just get out of here and let's go have a drink. So they go and have drinks at the bar and Seema is showing Carrie, you know, her Tinder profile and all the guys that are on there. And Carrie's just kind of dumbfounded just a little because Carrie, even though she's not in the place of being ready to date or thinking about that, that's going to be her life pretty soon. So she's trying to get, you know, the tea, getting to know Seema. Like, have you ever been married? Have you ever been divorced? And Seema's like, no, I've been happily never divorced. And Carrie's like, well, how many dating sites do you have on your phone? And Seema's like, listen, I was on OkCupid. I was on Tinder. I was on, you know, Bumble. And, you know, I just want a guy unlike any of the guys on these apps and Carrie's like well you know what I think it's great that you're still putting yourself out there we're gonna talk about that comment later but Seema kind of looks at her and is just like yeah all right and they quickly change the subject Carrie doesn't even realize that Seema seemed affected by what she just said Seema is giving Samantha energy Samantha (laughs) I may have to start calling her that so the next scene is Charlotte and Harry going to the LTWs, <laughs> the Lisa Todd Wexley's house for her husband's dinner. Um, she welcomes them in and they realize they are the only white couple. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be a very interesting perspective. I don't think I've seen this done recently, but Charlotte and Harry are just like, oh, OK. And it's just funny because Charlotte was preparing him 
to not like single out the LTWs for being, you know, just black, not even realizing that they would be the only white people in the room. Charlotte immediately goes up to this lady. She's like, oh, aren't you um, like Janice or something? And the lady's like, no, I'm not Janice, but um, I would see why you would think that. <laughs> I'm like, Charlotte, girl, already taking L's, <coughs> haven't even been in the door for two seconds. And if I had a dollar for every time that happened to me, especially with my friends as friends who I am the only person of color or the only black woman that they have ever really encountered within the past three to four years, they'd be like, oh, I thought I saw like, girl, that girl don't look nothing like me. Um, Carrie comes back to the apartment apartment and everything's been painted over the furniture is different it doesn't look like her home anymore she calls Miranda she's like girl everything is beige there's no trace of big in here like I can't really do this I'm about to go back to the brownstone and Miranda's like girl I'm so sorry she's just like I I know but I gotta bounce so Carrie literally takes big in his ashes in a box and sticks him in a Barney's bag and treks it on back to the brownstone I was like girl She ain't even opened the urn yet, but yeah, stuffs them in that Barney's bag and books it back. We're back at the dinner at the LTWs and Charlotte and Harry and the lady that Charlotte mistaked for somebody else. She's like, Charlotte, what do you do? And Charlotte's like, oh, I'm a full-time mom. Um, I'm on the PTA board. I used to run an art gallery back on the day back in the day and LTW is like yeah Charlotte's being modest like she's on the board for the Met and uh LTW's mother-in-law is like oh you know I like art too you know art is the name of our financial advisor and he be telling me that my daughter-in-law LTW be spending so much damn money on all the damn art in this house like she be spending so much money she spent more than what me and my first husband or I think her old husband that passed away spent on our first home period and ltw's husband is like well mama you know i don't know about carolina realty but it couldn't have been that costly back in the day and i'm like "Mm, please don't talk about it please don't talk about the cost of living in south carolina right now as we speak in charleston but charlotte you know she gets the alley oop okay She's the Jordan to the Pippin, and she's like, actually, um, I don't know much about Carolina real estate, but the pieces that LTDW, LTW has, they are great investments because they're all done by black artists. And I did not expect Charlotte to boss the fuck up like she did at this dinner table scene, but she's like, all the art that you've had that have been done by black artists, they are really priceless, yet they are going to be worth so many millions and millions of dollars so while daughters dollars so while you think that your daughter-in-law is just spending money frivolous the art that she has captured into this home is actually a great investment period charlotte you back on the winning team i'm gonna take you off the bench i wasn't really feeling you in this and just like this but you really bossed the fuck up by calling out the black artist by calling out the love of art and I'm just tired of LTW's mother-in-law. When is she going to kick the bucket? Like, I'm tired of the evil old mother-in-law stereotypes. And I think that is why I've been so hesitant to date people with actual moms. Because let me tell y'all something. This Sagittarius tongue, (laughs) baby, you will be dead to me. Okay, I don't have time to be competing with you and your husband, but... LTW, after everybody is very impressed by what Charlotte has said about the art and how LTW is very, very smart for having this art in the home, they go to guest have dessert in another room and LTW is like, thank you so much, Charlotte. So although their friendship is feeling kind of forced to me and a little too perfect, I adored this moment of sisterhood because Charlotte, you're the real MVP. Carrie gets back home and takes Big out of that damn Barney's bag and puts him at the top of her closet in the brownstone next to her shoes. Um, girl, okay. Walks out and she notices a letter from Stanford. Oh, y'all. Stanford leaves her this dramatic note saying that he has gone to, I think, Japan. And she calls Anthony and Anthony comes over and he's like, yeah, girl, um, he manages some TikTok star who is very famous in Japan. 
and he left me a letter too and he's gonna go over there and be with her and um Carrie's like oh okay and he's like oh and by the way Stanford wants a divorce so I guess this is how they are going to write out it looks like a reshoot scene because SJP and the guy playing Anthony they look a little different than how they've looked for the rest of the episode so I guess they went back and reshot the scene or it could have been pre-planned or it could have been post-production but I guess this is how they're going to write out Stanford um you guys know the actor Willie Garson he passed away but he passed away just recently and I think the I would think the show had already wrapped but maybe they decided to nix the idea of the original storyline I don't really know but yeah Stanford is gone in a letter Charlotte and LTW are having coffee and she's thanking her once again from saving her from her wretched mother-in-law and Charlotte's like you know you don't have to thank me because initially I was just worried about when you guys would come to our dinner because I realized you guys would be the only black people so um I'm glad I could help you and LTW is like you know I didn't even think too much about you being the only white couple there but I understand where you are coming from and I thank you so they're instant friends honey I want a little bit more depth though with LTW what's going on with the husband <laughs> what about Dorinda um yeah they're instant friends the last scene we're going to get is of Carrie um coming back to her apartment Seema just completed an open house and she has like two people interested in buying the apartment so Carrie's kind of excited about that because it means that she can just move on until she gets very triggered Seema's like girl you know when one of my movers was moving things out of here a picture on your nightstand broke and it's a picture of Carrie and Big that was on his side of the bed that he would always look at and the glass is broken so the picture frame is broken and the picture is still intact but y'all know this triggers Carrie and she's like how, how could you let this break like the glass is broken and Big used to pick this up every night and rub the glass and um you know, it's just like life, like everything's broken and nothing can be fixed. It seems like, girl, calm down. And Karen's like, no, you calm down. Like, I know I'm trying to move on and I know I may seem, you know, all casual about this, but I'm still grieving and my damn husband is gone, bitch. He left my ass for dead. Seema apologizes. She never meant to come off as insensitive towards Carrie's you know death of big and she's like you know what i apologize for being insensitive i guess people just say things and they don't even realize and in this case i was being insensitive towards the picture frame just like you were being insensitive towards me the other day at the bar slash restaurant and carrie's like well girl what you what when was I insensitive? What you talking about, Willis? Ema's like, well, you know, when I was telling you about my dating profiles and all that stuff, you went and said, it's good that you're still putting yourself out there. And Carrie's like, huh? It seems like it's like good for you for still trying to put yourself out there after all these years because I've been so unsuccessful and dating and being single and Carrie finally gets it and you know she apologizes he's like girl that is not the way I meant it of course that's not how I meant it but Seema's like no you may not have meant it that way but that's how I felt it and Seema's like you know what Carrie if we're both being honest maybe and if I'm being honest with myself maybe I there is a part of me that does not feel sorry for you because at least you met the love of your life and I'm still out here looking and man let me tell y'all something <laughs> as someone in their uh 30s who is single and not in a relationship I can relate to Seema so much because I will have friends who are dating or in couples and it's like I don't think it's they use my singleness for their amusement but it's like if I tell them about someone I'm interested in or if I tell them a crazy story about somebody who's horrible or if I am lamenting on how terrible dating life can be it's like girl I'm glad I'm not out there or my favorite phrase oh it couldn't be me that can come off as a little condescending not that I would ever take it personally or I think that my friends or the people I tell would try to you know shade me in that way or even family members or friends but it's just like I don't know it's it's hindsight you know it's perspective it's like it, it's it's 
literally a war out here and um society tells us one thing and we're already grappling with the self-doubt and the self-anxiety so I kind I felt 100% what Seema was saying and I felt what Carrie was saying like you can have sympathy in empathy but still be understanding and not condescending and with relationship politics that exist on social media, you know, if you're single, there's something wrong with you. If you don't have children, there's something wrong with you. If you don't want to be a mom, there's something wrong with you. If you don't want to be married, there's something wrong with you. Like, we see so many um, women now who are taking longer to get married, who are taking longer to start families just because the quality is better. And, um the world has just changed and it's just not sometimes it's not economically smart to have a baby or sometimes it's not economically smart or it is economically safe to you know there's so many articles come out all the time about women who move in with their partners just because for a woman with the pay the wage gap is some women cannot afford to live by themselves and they have great jobs they have great pay but the cost of living keeps going up so they move in with their boyfriend you know to split rent and all this other women out here have it very very hard and I just I love the dialogue in this scene because it is something that Carrie Carrie used to be that girl and um it took big dying and for her to get a glimpse into the dating world which she will have to start become reacclimated to it took that happening for her to realize, you know, just a simple casual phrase could hurt somebody else in that way. And I loved it. Great writing. So they squash the beef and they have this moment. And Carrie says, and just like that, we begin our real friendship. So we're going to see Seema a lot more. It's not just a one-off. Um, Just a very beautiful and touching moment. Again, another episode I loved. Like to me... It feels like no time has passed since the original show in this continuation. Of course, y'all know who I miss. Not gonna say her name again before she pops up like fucking Voldemort. But she is still missed to me throughout all this other stuff. It's just her fourth story, her fourth perspective. Because the storylines that were interesting to me is what Samantha went through. Especially being a boss-ass woman. Not having the respect of men in her business field all these casual relationships she was having but still having to grapple with being a human being i miss it but i'm not going to dwell on it um i enjoyed this episode i hope you guys enjoyed the recap how many more episodes i think we've got one four more probably if i'm guesstimating correctly but i hope you guys are enjoying my recaps i hope you guys are enjoying the show the show is just good to me the the good outweighs the bad and i can't wait to see what happens next week that's all i have for you guys i hope you guys have a great christmas a great holiday and i will see you guys again soon goodbye